We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know about you guys, but for me, the game is 10 times more exciting when I put my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, but sometimes I'm just betting on my team just because they're my team. Regardless, where you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my book is your best bet. they got all kinds of sports to bet on. Baseball playoffs are here. If you join now, double. If you join now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Enter the promo code chair C H A I R, and put hundred in, get hundred back. Put forty five in, get forty five back. And then you can also bet on fantasy points. And if you miss, if you miss that timetable to bet on your favorite game, you can put a live bet on. For instance, for me, yesterday I put a big live bet on the Steelers. They were plus nine and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. I looked at the uh, climate of the game and I threw a heavy bet. Because regardless of who was quarterbacking at the time for the Ravens or, or the Steelers, they were going to nail it. So check out, guys. It's mybookie.ag. They got a mobile set, free and easy to use. You bet, you win, you get paid. All right, guys. Welcome in. It's our Panther Rants podcast. Or I should say Pit Panther Rants and other sports rants. Welcome in. Brought to you by Armchair Media. I hope you guys are having the happiest of happy Mondays. Me, I'm just still trying to wake up. I got to go in the office. Well, actually, the main hospital, I get myself a new badge because I lost mine. And I can't find it. And you always get that one person in your office. The thing is, everybody forgets their badge. So when they forget it, I know I know who the people are because I've been the... Um, I've been the uh, you know in the building for so long now, for years. I know who they are, and I know that they work, you know, with the company. But you're always going to get that one person who uh, who will question why you're um, in the office, or why are you you know coming in the office with a badge, and who are you, and what do you do? I had that. You know, unfortunately, I happened. I had it happen to me. That's why I'm going to get a badge. And on top of that, because I have to go and um, do a whole bunch of other stuff. I have to travel to other sites this week. And, of course, I'm going to need my badge to do it with. Because they're going to say, who the hell are you? And I'm going to say, well, I'm with so-and-so. Whoa, where's your badge? So I don't want to deal with that. But, yeah, you know, you know I had it happen to me, you know, at the office where they were like, it was the one guy. He said, well, can I help you? I said, well, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get in. Oh, who do you work with? And I just, you know, I recited my, you know, who I worked with, my manager, my employee number, 
and I think all my um, user IDs for all the different systems. I think he eventually got it, but he's new, and of course, you know, he wants to be that guy. So whatever. My family came in on Saturday, and we watched the pit game, and you know, my dad. You know, he came in. He wasn't sure where the game was, and that's the thing. I, I was like, well, you know, we're in Texas, Dad. We're not in the market. I was excited. When, I was excited when Uverse got the ACC network, but then I realized that, um, well, I was out of market, so I couldn't get the game you know, or the or the network. I was gonna have to upgrade my package and. Given that I given, given I spent off on cable and internet, I really just didn't feel like upgrading. For that price, I rather just I rather just go online and find a stream. That's all. Because it's really not worth it for me. You know, from you know, for a few games a year, I don't really feel it's worth it for me to upgrade. I'm sure basketball will be a different story, but again, I'll find a stream for that as well. YouTube also does a hell of a job with the games as well because you can get, you can get the condensed game footage where it's like they take it from you know that two, you know that two to three hour game to 20 30 minutes and they just give you like the key drives and the highlights I mean how things developed oh you catch my drift well you know, we watched the game, and if, you know it was a tale of two halves. I mean, uh, Pitt dominant. You know, Pitt was very dumb in the first half, and of course, as we were watching the game, my dad said, "Well, they always fuck up in the second half." He said, "Or he said, or they stop scoring." He said, "They're they're they're a really bad second half team." And. Yeah, no argument there, and but it was looking good. I mean, pick you know, pick out a, you know, forced a fumble, and they were up twenty six to three. It was looking great. Then something odd happened. Well, pick out a stop, and Duke had a punt, and Parrish Ford was back there filling the punt, which we have no idea why. Usually, French does this. I don't know why they put Ford back there. Maybe they. Thought he could break one. I don't know. But he was back there. And Duke kicked it off and he muffed the punt and they recovered at the goal line. And next thing you know, it was 26. No, well, 26 10. And then it was just downhill from there. Next possession, Pickett makes a nice completion. They fumble. Duke gets it back. Duke scores. Yeah. And then, of course, he threw... Then, then I think it was the drive after that. He threw a pick. Yeah, he threw... Yeah, he threw right to the lineman. And, uh... Yep. At one point, it was 26 to, um... Yeah, it was 26-24. And Pitt was just holding on to the lead barely. Then, 
Pickett's the ball, they drive, and they pin, and they pin uh, Duke back at their own goal line. Well, not really on goal line. I think it was like a 10 or 11 probably. It was, you know, it was deep in their territory. Uh, it looked good. Things looked good until uh, pick up flag with a roughing, uh, or, or uh, what was it, a targeting call. And if you looked at the play, Paris Ford was looking to make the tackle and the guy lowered his head. And, you know, that happened. So ACC officials wrote a targeting, which it really wasn't. And he got kicked out of the game. And a few plays later, Duke scored a touchdown. So it was 30 to 26. Now, my dad and I were getting ready to turn off the game at that point. Because my dad said, there's no point. They always do this shit. They always screw up. They always break your heart. 30-plus years of this crap, and this is all they do. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. But, like any curious Pitt fans, we kept the game on with one, one, one something left. Probably 130, maybe. And Pickett's driving down the field. He's completing passes. And we're like, what's going to happen here? They get to the 10, of course. We get, we get called for a, um, I guess, you know, I think French ran up. Somebody was out of bounds. I think it was French. But, you know, the call was right. He was out of bounds. So we're like, oh, he got a call right. But then he finds Philly Carter. He breaks it and touchdown. On the ensuing drive, you know, Duke obviously, you know, Pitt defense took care of it and Pitt came out the victors. That's pretty much a Cliff's Notes version of really what happened. It was, I mean, this game itself. I mean, this is the second week in a row where the, where, the, where Pitt played very undisciplined. Uh, the defense was you know became emotional and glued in the second half. They were taking dumb penalties. The ACC of fishing was bad; it really was. But a lot of Pitt's issues were self-inflicted. They were up twenty-six to three. And all I had to do was, um, you know, take care of business. And for some reason, it just didn't happen. Two, um, several bad turnovers changed the course of the game. And the makeup of it, because they gave Duke momentum. And what you don't want to do is give the uh, the Blue Bloods any help as well, as if, as if they're not getting enough as it is. So all Pitt had to do was really not fuck up, and they could have, you know, want, you know, they could have waltzed out of that that stadium very easily, but they didn't. And you know, luckily for them, they have you know a bye week. They have a bye week where they play Syracuse on the 18th. So. They will have time to work this out, and on top of that, they got to figure out what to do with, um, you know, with their defense of Paris Ford being out. 
he's going to be out for the first half of the Syracuse game. And Syracuse obviously sucks at defense, but they have a potent offense. And, I mean, so they have to figure that one out because we're probably going to have another high-scoring game. As usual. I mean, last year we went, we went to overtime with Syracuse, and I'm sure it'll be, an, it'll be another fun party. I mean, we, we, we seem to always have fun times playing Syracuse no matter what, how things go. I mean, we, we had a basketball score, you know, a few seasons ago where we beat them 76-61. You know, it was a hell of a game. I mean, I mean how many years ago was that? I mean, uh... You know, Mike Young had twenty. He had thirty points. You know, the rebound differential was great. I mean, Jamie, Jamie put up. You know, Jimmy Dixon put a masterful plan together. I think. It was, I think he was still the coach at that time when they when they had a big score. Or maybe Stallings was at the coach still. You know, I think it was Stallings because I think it was. It was the, um, I think it was 2016. So, yeah, you know what? I think, yeah, you know what? Stallings was not the coach. You know, he was the coach. Damn. So, Kevin Stallings put a masterful plan to beat Syracuse. I guess you can add that, uh, you can add that win to his uh, eight other wins he had at Pitt. God, what a mess that was, wasn't that? I mean... We all agreed it was time for us to part ways with Dixon. I think Jimmy was obviously ready to go. He supposedly had his foot at the door for a while. And we figured, hey, we'll get ourselves in, you know, know, we've done pretty well. I mean, the program's got a lot of notoriety in the last decade. Maybe we'll get ourselves a nice hire. Well... Then Scott Barnes then you know lets out that you know we're hiring Kevin Stallings, and um, <laughs> he was so excited he couldn't he just couldn't sleep all night he had, he was he just couldn't he was just so excited from this hire that he just couldn't get to himself and he couldn't sleep he was up all night excited yeah thanks. Thanks a lot for that. Now, as far as this pit win goes, it wasn't pretty. I mean, we won. We shouldn't really feel good about it. I mean, look, we just won the game, okay? So let's not argue about it. Let's not fight about it. Yeah, the fishing was bad, but... A lot of stuff Pitt did was self-inflicted as well. I mean, they. I mean, Pitt didn't help their help their cause either. You know, Pickett wasn't all that great. Um, our um, offensive line was Swiss cheese for the most part. The play calling at one point was pretty unim- unimaginary. I'm not sure if um, you know. Whipple was told to uh, take the foot off the accelerator. I just, you know, if that's the case, I really hope Narduzzi realizes in college football, the, the object is to score a lot of points. You know, D 
defense is great, but you got to score a lot of points. You got to keep scoring. And we're not at that luxury. We can take the full of the accelerator. You know, we're getting there as far as depth is concerned, but we got some ways to go. We can't be like James Franklin at Penn State, where he could put up 28 on uh, Purdue in the first half, and it, he he could pretty much coast in the second half. I mean, they they won that game 35-7. Purdue. Um, I mean, they were at 28. That's the bad part about that whole thing was, if you're a betting person, Purdue is without their top, without their starting quarterback, one of their top players as well. I think the receiver. And they were 20-and-a-half-point dogs. I stayed away from that line because I figured something bad was going to happen. Of course, it did. Penn State beat my 28 and didn't cover. It's the same thing with that West Virginia game. At, at uh, kickoff, it was the, the line was 10-and-a-half. There were some people that bet that, that took Texas when the line was 11-and-a-half. So what, the, what happened there? Well... West Virginia um, scored. No, I think it was 11. Yeah, the line was 11, I think. West Virginia scored and, well, late and, and killed that one. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, Pitt just does that. They just don't have that luxury. Not at all. But um, hopefully, maybe in the bye week, they will uh, rest up. Because, you know, we don't have to bench any starters or anything. And yeah, you know, work out some things. Figure out why the fuck we're not playing this. Undi- where, whoa, excuse my language, guys. Um, why we're playing disciplined. Why we keep taking dumb penalties. It's two weeks in a row. Anyhow. Some of it you can put on ACC fishing, but some of it was self-inflicted on them as well. And let's also forget that um, we were aided as well in that in that win. We had a pick six. We also uh, forced a fumble deep in Duke's territory, and then you know we scored uh, scored on you know on the ensuing drive. So neither one of us really played any, played perfect, but you're not you know. At the end of the day, you get your wins when you can. There's no style points. Pitt's not playing in the college football playoff anyway, so we gotta take the wins any way we go. Anyways, guys, let's get to some more of the rest of what happened this weekend. Well, you know, Purdue and Penn State squared off, and we saw what happened there. Penn State destroyed them. Well, in the first half they did, and they just they went on cruise control in the second half, and if you have um, took Penn State the points, well, you know, that kind of sucked. West Virginia... I had a feeling Duke was going to, um,
so looking around the ACC, uh, Louisville knocked off Boston College. I took BC with a plus four, and I thought they would actually win that game, but I didn't realize how bad BC's gotten, and of course, supposedly they're having issues in their secondary. Louisville, obviously, is... um, their offense is starting to come into uh, come into play, and they're putting up points. So, Louisville's kind of down, but they're not going to be down for too long. I mean, they're they're at least making some strides on offense. Boston College, I'm not sure what happened to them. They start off pretty pretty decent, but then I figured they would um, be a little bit better than what they were. Unfortunately, they're not. I think with Boston College, they just are what they are. They're going to be one of those six or seven win teams. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they get the eight, team, eight wins. You never know, but they just are what they are. And I mean, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat as they are for the most part. But with us, there's so there's always going to be some sort of hope. Whereas with them, there's no hope. They just are what they are. Uh, Virginia Tech and Miami. Virginia Tech was a heavy underdog in this one, and for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, I call this the job security bowl because, well, both coaches really needed this win, and Virginia Tech was up 20 nothing to half, and they almost blew the lead. They won, though. 4235 in a high scoring affair. As we all thought it'd be low scoring, but I'm not sure what is going on in Miami, but I don't know. North Carolina, Georgia Tech, UNC won that game, and they were that game was never in doubt. And that's pretty much, you know, the ACC in a nutshell because the bye weeks are all starting and we're not obviously gonna see much. And in fact, with all the bye weeks coming in. There's really not much to you know, to talk about. Oh, I mean, Friday we had UCF and Cincinnati. I placed a big bet on the over in that game, and well, not too much, not too big, but it was, you know, it was enough where I could recover. I thought the game would go over, but I wasn't banking on Central Florida turning the ball over as much as they did and stinking up the joint. Uh, since they won that one, 27-24, as some people say, well, we can now stop talking about UCF being this power. Uh, you know, that ended two weeks ago in Heinz, buddies. We took care of that shit, not Cincinnati. But, of course, Cincinnati did it, so now everybody gets to, you know, talk about that. I mean, at one, you know, at one point, Cincinnati was, there was, we were living in a world 10 years ago where Cincinnati and Ohio State were both in the top 10. Cincinnati was ranked higher than, higher than them. But then Brian Kelly left. And conference expansion happened, and that was that. So they were no more after that. And I mean, they had 40,000 for the Central Florida game. And, you know, it's kind of nice that you know, Cincinnati still has a following. Despite what happened with conference expansion, that's good. I mean, you gotta have that still. I mean, just go to the games and enjoy it. I mean, 
I don't think Pitt's ever going to get to the college football playoff or national title, but go to the games and enjoy them. That's what they're there for. I mean, that's I mean, that's pretty, you know, that's the thing. Go to a game where there's no, where a team plays in a non-power conference, and you'll kind of get some perspective on life. Or just, no, that's what you don't like being on college football in general. I mean, I, I, I went to a few Rice games, and, you know, a few years back, and they played in Conference USA, and, you know, at the time, they were contenders for the for the conference, and that was their big thing was winning the conference. Their award was playing the Liberty Bowl, and yeah, it was just, it was only the Liberty Bowl, but to them, that was a huge deal. Some other stinkers. Let's see, Iowa, Michigan. I, I was expecting Iowa to uh, win that one, but their uh, offense spirit's ugly head, and they lost to Michigan ten three. So pretty a pretty typical Big Ten score. Uh, Paul Christ and the uh, Wisconsin Badgers dropped 40 in on Kent State, winning 40 nothing. Florida beat Auburn, and everybody had Auburn winning this one and covering. You know, I think the cover, the spread was like was plus two they were getting, or minus two. I think they were getting, and Florida beat them by 11. So it goes to show how much we know about gambling and betting. Georgia destroyed Tennessee. SMU beats Tulsa. Ohio State hammered Michigan State 34-10. Oregon beat Cal. I figured Cal would beat... I mean, Oregon was a 21-point favorite in that one. Yeah, no surprise there. Stanford beat Washington, which is a surprising one because I thought Stanford was really bad. But uh, Washington... I mean, the Pac-12... The Pac-12 always seems to implode on itself before... you know. Early in the season, for some reason, don't know why. But that's pretty much the out uh, of top twenty-five and ACC for the most part. Recapping everything, uh, you know, the Steelers play yesterday. We watched, you know, we watched the first half of that game, and I think we actually watched. I think we watched overtime. We watched, we watched part of the uh, second half too. I, I believe. You know, Steelers dug themselves in a hole early. They did they did that wildcat offense and threw an interception, which I have no idea how they pulled that one off. Stupid asses. But they kept running that play, and um, you know they had a, a, a situation where they could have scored a touchdown. It was you know, third, you know second and one. They ran a stupid option play, and it was third and long, and they ended up selling for a field goal. And they did pretty well playing with their third string because Mason Rudolph took a took a hit and. It, it wasn't a dirty hit. I mean, it just it just happened. Sometimes those things just happen, and that's what that's what did. The game obviously went to overtime, and Pitt. I mean, Steelers had the ball. I was called him Pitt, and of course, as I'm reading this, I saw the Ravens got the ball back because Schuster, you know, caught the ball and fumbled it. And, you know, checking Twitter, I already knew what was going to happen. You know, you know, there's certain personalities were going to do it. And of course, I, I joined in. I was like, you know, Schuster's going to uh, spend the next uh, week on um, Snapchat dressing the football as a baby and carrying around like a little baby. You know, like how, you know, in high school, you used to, um, they used to give you those, um, those sugar or, or the flour, you know, and you would carry like a baby. Pretend you like it was a baby. 
Although my, uh, although I, I had the football coach as my, um, as my health teacher, and we never had to do that. Um, he thought it was, he thought it was stupid. So he brought in the, um, yeah, he brought in a sex, he just brought in a sex education people, and you know we put condoms on bananas, and and we talked about how um, it was funny as hell because we were putting condoms on bananas. We got to see an actual birth of a child, you know, because if, if, if that didn't, uh, you know, scar the women as enough as it did. Yeah, we put the columns on bananas, and then one guy was like, one one person in particular, one student, said, "Well, you know, I just I, you can just pull out instead of uh, you know using the condom." And the guy was like, "Well, then you have then you have um, he said men have this thing that's called uh, pre-ejaculatory fluid," and he's like, "What? He's like, what's that?" And he's like, "Well," and I guess he had to you know say, "Well, it's pre-cum." He said it's it's food that drips out and it can still it can still get a woman pregnant. He said, but I, but I don't have that. I, I've never had that. And the guy's like, no, bud, trust me, it's there. You have it. He's like, but I don't. He's like, no, no, you do. <laughs> but yeah, that was probably the highlight of the whole thing was the whole uh, I'm trying to explain to one, one one of the kids in my class, but you know, uh, pre ejaculatory fluid or you know, pre cum as they call it. That was a fun. That was a fun uh, exercise in itself. But never, yeah, I never had to do the um, carrying that you know thing of sugar or flour around because the coach, football coach, thought it was stupid. So, yeah, I'm sure Schuster will do that. As far as you know, the, the you know preach ball security, I guess. But you know, Mark Man jumped in, and you know, you know, I don't think you know Schuster's personal life is conflicting with his football life. You know, ball security is something, you know, there's a lot of things in life, you know, you either have or you don't. I mean, they've been playing this this game of football since they were kids. And, um, I'm sure they know about ball security and whatnot. But some people still can't take care of the football. I mean, look at Steve Slayton. I mean, he, when he got into the NFL... He had a thousand yard season with the te- with the Texans, but then he could not keep the football. He kept fumbling, so he lost his starting job, and eventually he fumbled his way out of the league. And we got that now with James Conner and and Juju. They're both they both have ball control problems, and and, and if they don't uh, do something about it, they're going to find themselves other starting jobs and probably out of the league eventually. But yeah, a lot of people were upset over it. And I don't think his personal life and what he does, whether it's, you know, going to proms and playing video games or... It, I don't think it has any bearing on his uh, football life. I mean, the guy is going to spend... After a loss, the guy is going to spend his evenings, you know, carrying a football around or doing a whole bunch of other crap, going to the gym. It just is what it is. I mean... I'm sure if I was his age and I had Snapchat, I would do a whole bunch of shit. I mean, I'm, what? You know, I do a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter now. I just, I'm, an, I'm anonymous. And I take, I mean, I, I take pictures of my food and, you know, I post it. And I'm sure if I was not anonymous and I had Snapchat, I would do a whole bunch of shit too. I'm sure. At, at age 40, 
probably I would do it. Why not? I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a big kid, I guess you can say. And you know, I'm an IT guy. I have to stay up with, with the latest apps and technology and all all neat stuff. So I got to stay up to date with this crap. goddammit. it. So whether it's you know Snapchat or TikTok or whatever the hell you know, or Vines, whatever the hell people do in these days. You know, I got to stay up to date with that stuff, you know. You know, I have kids too, and never, you never know. Which is the most hilarious part, because my, my oldest child, he went, he asked me, he's like, can I get an iPhone? And I'm like, no, you'll need an iPhone. And he said, how old were you when you got your first iPhone? And I said, 33. You were 33 years old when you got your first iPhone? I was like, yep. Yep, I didn't get an iPhone until I was 33 years old. Actually, reality, I, I got my first cell phone when I was... 20. It's because when I worked at Circuit City, we, we got a deal with Sprint where we can get a phone for employee cost for like 10 bucks, and you got a really good plan. The problem is the, the phone sucked. The battery sucked, and, I re- and the phone pretty much was a paperweight for me. I rarely used it. I pay, I, it, was, it was $20 on something, that, 20 bucks a month on something that I really didn't use anyway. But of course, I live with my parents, so it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, if I need to go find my friends... I can just hop in my car and I knew where they were going to be. They are going to be either at work or they were going to be at the mall or or somewhere. At the park playing hockey. Who knows? So, yeah, there, you know, there's that. But, yeah, I don't think what Juju does in his personal time affects anything. And I really don't feel it's anybody's business. What he does is what he does. He gets paid millions of dollars and... As long as he's training and working hard, studying, studying the film, doing all what he needs to do, it's doesn't you know it's no bearing what he does in the off season or, or after games. People are just people just need reasons to be mad over stuff. And we'll close and we'll finish up here, guys. But as far as that game was concerned, I mean, watching Lamar Jackson play, I mean. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too all that. I mean, all that impressed with with with, with, you know, with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he started out the first two games playing, you know, playing two bad teams. Kansas City, he did somewhat all right, but he's young, and I think you know, and he's still developing. And if he de- if he continues to develop his game, he's going to be really, he's going to be, he's going to be a really good quarterback. I mean, in the case of a Steelers fan, you hope he doesn't. You hope he's a bust. You hope he's like Cam Newton where he doesn't develop his game and he relies on his running ability all the time. Or he just flat out sucks and just can't recover just. But I think, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he may figure it out. I mean, I know he, he cut a lot of flack because of his, you know, his draft rate. People were crazy about his arm strength and whatnot. But so far he's made things work, but I wasn't really impressed with him watching him play and Anyways, as you know, there's a um, thing going on right now with uh, the NBA in China. The Rockets are in China, and because you know they have a relationship over there. And the big thing with this was was Daryl Moore tweeted something about standing with Hong Kong, and he later deleted it. And now the you know the NBA is in damage control mode over this, and of course the. Um, a lot of people are on um, 
are jumping on this as well. Mainly because of how the NBA, they see how the NBA jumps on other other team, other leagues and other people. For instance, the NBA in particular is always, they're very quick to jump on the NFL over stuff. And of course, they're, they're quick to jump into politics and voice their opinions. And I'm sure as I'm recording this, maybe they voiced them already, who knows. But... One of their, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, general managers for the teams voiced, you know, uh, decided to tweet his opinion in, in in the form of a picture, and now the NBA is, has its foot in its mouth. And for me, I think this is a this is an opportunity for the NBA to put its money where its mouth is. If you're very conscious about all the issues in this world, socially and globally, here's your opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. You know, if you if you feel that you're better than any other league in this, you know, in our, in our pro league in this country, here you go. Be, be be the example. Don't I mean? Don't just pick and choose what battles you want to fight. Because this, this is really what this is. You know, people are saying, well, they're so quick to uh, pull their Ulster game out of North Carolina over over bathroom issues. Well, here's the thing. The NBA knows they can win that battle because if they pull the Ulster game out. They're still going to get their money from North Carolina. People are still going to watch their games. The Charlotte Hornets are, st- are still in, you know, North Carolina. And of course, you got Duke and UNC. You got that, you know, them there as well. So the NBA is going to be fine no matter what. They can win this battle. Now in China, this is a much different battle than that. A lot more political because you, um, China, obviously. Is China's politics are different than ours, and but you're trying to have a business relationship with them, and yeah, you, a lot of times in business you gotta have business with people or enemies, regardless of their politics, because that's you know, money's money. So now they're worried about the you know that that they severed anything, whether it's you know the country's relationship with China or the least relationship with China. So they're playing damage control over this right now, and I'm sure there's other other factors in play than just that. I'm sure you know there's you know a lot of the basketball shoe companies got entities in China, maybe some factories. So this is a pretty big one. So they have to clean this up. I know people don't like this. That maybe you know NBA should you know be the example. And yeah, this is an opportunity, but I think this is something that they're not going to win and. They need to, um, you know, suck it up and do something else. And, I mean, whatever criticism they take, they're just going to have to take it. That's just all it is. But anyways, guys, I went in here. Again, you guys, baseball playoffs are here. We've got more football coming this week. Go to mybook.ag, do the promo code share. Get some money, you know, put some money in, get some money back. Have fun, you guys. Have a good week. Talk to you later. Hell up,